T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Barry Rosner, Joe Ostrowski with you for another hour. You know what that music means before Eli turns it down. It's time for... Sure. All right. Okay, you made your point. You made your point, Eli. That's better... All right, now it's time to go out to the, the score hotline. That <laughs> 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 Eli, don't mess with Eli. Yeah, no kidding. Worse. And he's and Bruce, he's drunk on top of yeah, it. Yeah, he's so, hungover. Uh, that is. How would, you, uh, how would you know? Because he went to a concert last night, and he's oh. uh, having more trouble today than he usually does. Uh, that score baseball insider Bruce Levine here him every Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse. And you can follow him on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Hello, Bruce. I'm sorry for the Eli problems. That's all right. And uh, I'm still getting over pitching to Bryce Harper, but that's, that's something you can dice around for uh, the next eternity, eternity here when it comes to uh, that because uh, you pick your poison when. Uh, when your bullpens are run down and you're, you're running out of options at certain points. And uh, it's going to make for a, a terrific uh, last uh, three weeks of the season, I think, for the Cubs and Brewers in that division. Yeah, I you know, I didn't have a huge problem with the choice there. It is kind of a pick-your-poison at that, at that juncture. I, I think I, you know, I probably would have walked them, but, uh, you know, then you're – you're putting what the go-ahead run on base at that point, yeah. or you know, so um, tough call. I was more interested in the way he handled the early part of the day and sort of cashing in game one. And Joe and I talked about it early in the show. What did you think about all of those decisions? Understanding, of course, that you're facing the great Max Scherzer. You have, you have to give up games along the way. I mean, the the unfortunate part of Lester start being wiped out and not having an answer for it. Uh, you talk to all the great managers and front office people, and, and you, you, ha- you have to lose games along the way to ensure the credibility of the rest of your staff. And I, I think that was just one of those games where you're going up against a top pitcher in, in the game, arguably the next, uh, you know, again, Cy Young award winner, depending on whether the ground beats him out or not. But, uh, Realistically, yeah, it looks like just one of those spring training games where you say, you know, we're not going to try to win. And uh, and that, that's the way it was. But are you going to use your A relievers in a game like that? Are you really going to push yourself to the point where you're in the midst of these 23 games in a row and 11 in a row on the road? Uh, at some juncture, you're just going to have to say, you know, we're probably going to lose this game and we're going to do it in a, in a way where we're not going to impact the rest of the team. Yeah, certainly the explanation is understandable why they did it with with the situation right now. But now you sit two and a half game lead. Is that acceptable moving forward? As if it is inside three four games. 
I mean, acceptable from the perspective of that game itself. Yeah, just about, just or? give. Well, we it feel like during this stretch that we've had this conversation a few different times about Madden giving up games. Yeah, I, I think he, I think you have to uh, yeah. be, because his his staff is just not built uh, any better than that. I mean, Montgomery having come back, we'll see what he's got today. You hope it's better, but what he had the other day was just there. I mean, he was lucky to give up one earned run, two runs altogether. He had absolutely nothing, no command. Uh, you know, basically, you know, you're going with his staff right now with with four rotation guys that are pretty good and a bullpen that's really, really worn out. I mean, not only physically but mentally. I've talked to C-Shack in Milwaukee about that, and he goes, yeah, this is, you know, this is a real test this time of year to, you know, physically you're, you're not feeling great, but mentally you have to stay strong, and the teams that end up going to the playoffs and winning are, are the, you know, the, the guys that can continue to have that thought. But a guy like C-Shack is, you know, He's thrown in half the game. He's going to end up with somewhere between 79 and 82 appearances this year. You know, what physically uh, are you demanding out of some of these people? And, and is it realistic at this point to think that they're going to still be good? Now, he hasn't been very good over the last 10 days or so, and I think rightfully so. I mean, this, he's, he's beat up, and the stuff is just not as good. And I think you see that with the other guys. Uh, Going back to Madden and using Wilson, you know, he was the best pitcher in the relief pitcher in baseball as far as not allowing inherited runs. You know, 29 out of 31 times with men on uh, base, he's come in and gotten the job done. So from that perspective, I, I know Joe felt pretty good about pitching to Harper there. But, but again, uh, you know, some of these things are catching up to the Cubs. Uh, they, they are a very good team. They're not a great team. It's a, it's a good league. It's not a great league. And I think that's what we're seeing there is nine teams that are pretty equal all the way around. Do you have any hope for Morrow? Do you think the Cubs have any hope to see Morrow? I I don't, but I you know I'm 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 the, I'm a pessimist when it comes to uh, guys keep telling me that the arm hurts, but they're, they're going to try to do it. He, he has persistently told me and everybody else that talks to him that the arm is going to hurt and it's going to continue to hurt. Uh, the, the stress reaction behind the biceps, which is in the elbow, actually. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't tell you that there's going to be any good result here. If he's able to go to the post, it'll probably be once or twice a week. That really doesn't get you where you want to go. I mean, how, how do you use him? You know, do you use him uh, in the, the closer's role once or twice a week? Uh, he's certainly not going to be a setup man for you. He's going to be on a pitch limit, probably, uh, initially. How do you go from zero to ninety-eight miles an hour after not having pitched since the middle of July? I, I you know, I just don't see it happening. I give I give him an awful lot of credit for trying and wanting to go out there. I, I, I come into the clubhouse every day and I see the ice pack on him, whether he's thrown or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy wants to go out there and get the job done. He's been terrific when he's been out there, but uh, I, I, I don't give it much of a chance. So, but they're looking at a target date of September fifteenth, sixteenth. We'll see what happens today when he throws off a mound. Um, do you think this is a last shot? Yeah, it is, and and it's about tomorrow, Joe. Oh, it's that's, tomorrow now. That's okay, what it's going to be about. No, no, it's today. You're right. It's about how he feels tomorrow. Oh, right, right, right. Sure. Right. If if he says, yeah, you know what, I'm good to go. I can throw another side in two days. Okay, then you get on the horse, and that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be 
uh, thrown sides every two to three days and uh, get ready to go into your role of, uh, you know, being a uh, back-of-the-end uh, bullpen guy and maybe being able to close a few games out. But, again, I just I, I just, I think Joe has cautioned everybody that it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a long shot at this point. If he comes back, it's gravy. At this point, you have to look beyond that and say, is Strope our answer at the end? Uh, how do we juggle it? You know, who, who are we going to use? Are we actually going to match up at the end of games? Uh, you know, are, or are we going to get there with the, with this group, uh, with the bullpen the way it's structured right now? And, and I think, you know, again, we've talked about it numerous times in your guys' show. I think Joe's done a masterful job of handling the bullpen and what he's had there. It's just been incredibly successful, and, and he's done it in an unconventional way. But um, these last three weeks, uh, they are going to be a real test for that pen, uh, both physically and mentally. I think it's going to be fun to watch. The, the Cubs are a tremendously resilient team. Uh, they should win their division. They should go deep into the playoffs, but there's no guarantee on either one. Bruce, uh, I kind of hate to say I told you so and not to you specifically, but, uh, I mean, I think you had to see this Moro thing coming. I, we talked a lot about it uh, once he was signed. We talked about it in spring training. You, uh-huh. you look at the guys who have been abused in the playoffs over the last four, five, six years, it's become really extreme. And you look at their next years, they're usually not very good. You look at how some of the Cubs relievers this year have been used and uh, I haven't. I'm not talking about that kind of abuse yet. That sort of extreme right. abuse. But there's a lot of wear and tear, as you pointed out with Cishek, Chavez. Same sort of thing. Um, uh, it, it is it enough to make you wonder what's going to be left of these guys come playoff time? Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going. I'm wondering what's going to be left in a week or ten days. Honestly, I mean, I, I think. I, I think that that's the, the one area that you worry about the most. The team can score enough runs. They can hopefully play enough defense. They have good starting pitching, uh, better than good in some cases, and the starting pitching has really uh, come up and has really been the, the star of the team as of late for the uh, top four guys. But, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't win without your bullpen. I mean, you, you, had, a, you had a lead yesterday, and, and it just it didn't work out. Um, that's not common for the Cubs. They're normally really good at, at holding on to it. It's not it's not all doom and gloom, but when you have a three-game lead and, uh, you know, a week ago you had a six-game lead in the loss column, uh, that's significant. And, and I, I'm one of those guys that I, I just love the, uh, the fight of the Brewers all year long. I think they've been an, an outstanding team ignored all year long, the way they've gotten it done. Short on starting pitching for sure, long on bullpen for a long, long period of time. And now they have a, a lot of offensive weapons that can get the job done. So, uh, I, I'm looking forward to that pennant race going down to the end. And the next three days is going to be uh, must-see uh, must baseball over, over at Wrigley Field for sure. So what does the Kopech injury do to the White Sox rebuild with the timeline? Well, let's start with the, the business side of it, okay, if we can start there. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's not sexy, but I think it's important. Uh, what, is, what, what does it do to the marketing guy, you know, the – Vice President of Marketing, Brooks Boyer, and how he can promote. What does he have to promote uh, going into the offseason here? You, you don't have Eli Jimenez to promote, okay? We understand that. That's the that's smart business move. The White Sox did that. But now you don't have the, the sexy part of Kopech and that young pitching staff to push forward, okay? That really hurts. 
if you're going to sell any tickets in the offseason, if you're going to market that team uh, for, you know, some type of new campaign. It was all going to be centered around Kopech and, you know, the, the way he is on the field, the social media person he was. Also, on top of that, you know, he probably would have had a reality show before it was all over with. It's, it's a significant blow to that. On, on the field, uh, it hurts, too, because uh, you had another power arm to go with that rotation that has uh, made some strides. I like where Giolito's gone this year uh, innings-wise. I like where Lopez's gone innings-wise. Hasn't been all beautiful, but they've had really good starts in the middle here and there. Uh, you know, Kobe still has a good opportunity to be in this rotation. And the very best to come along, from what I'm told, is uh, Dylan Cease that you probably might see uh, by August of next year coming up to the uh, major leagues and, and be maybe the maybe the top one or two pitcher in the White Sox organization. Bruce, uh, a lot of these injuries this year have been – I, I guess you could call them flukes. They don't, any of them really seem to be related in any way. Uh, I imagine there's probably a tendency for some to want to blame the White Sox organization for all of these things. But, I mean, if a guy's walking in his backyard and he blows out his Achilles again, uh, it doesn't seem like so anybody's really to blame. No, no, I, I think they're, they're all oddities, honestly. And it, it does hurt. I mean, it, is there anybody in the world that could have prevented Michael Kopech from blowing out? I mean, no. is there any way to detect when this was starting to transpire? The, the, the kid said he, he was feeling a little different over the last three or four starts, but he, he felt it was general soreness. So, you know, these, these things are, you know, if you talk to baseball people, you say, gee, I, I, I hope the kid we draft blows out real early. And, and it's a crazy thing to hear, yeah. but – that means that they, they want them to have that new ligament in their arm uh, when, they're, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. At 22, going to 23, it's not the end of the world for Kopech or the White Sox because he's still young. He's going to come back throwing 97, 98 again. And it's one, one more year of actually saving the bullets in his arm going forward to 2020 when the White Sox might be more competitive. So if you, if you want to put a, a brighter light on things, I think, that's how you look at it for him. How much do you think the marketing had to do with Kopech pitching at this level this year? Um, a little bit, but I, you know, you talk to enough people in in baseball operations on on every team. Uh, apples and oranges when it comes to Jimenez and Kopech, they all they believe that with a pitcher, there's only so many bullets in an arm, and that starting the six year clock is the right thing to do mm-hmm. when it comes to. Uh, position player where you can project a guy like Jimenez 12 or 14 years in the major leagues at a star level, uh, that, that's that's when you really want to hold on to that seventh year. So uh, so that, I think that's the major difference you're talking about with these type of guys. Um, you know, again, you'll, you'll, one, he'll, he'll be in the yell for one year, Kopech, and it'll be uh, one less year that you have control over him, but you'll, you'll still have, uh, you know, five to six solid years of control over Kopech. Bruce, uh, just looking at the matchups for this week, Miley Lester, Chasin, Quintana, and Anderson Hendricks. Uh, how do you feel about this series at Wrigley Field starting? I think it's great. Look, the, the Cubs starting pitching is really the strength of the team right now. It's been outstanding. Uh, you know, all those guys, you know, ever since, uh, you know, 
they, they went out and, and made these trades and they, they brought in these two veterans. You know, it's been, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, uh, there's been a, a resurgence there for, for uh, Hendricks, for Lester. Um, Quintana has been outstanding. So, uh, you know, when you look at all that and Hamels, you know, being the, the guy that kind of brought the new energy to the team, it's, you know, you have to feel good about the, the Cubs from that perspective. You, you're looking at six-plus innings from these guys most of the time. I know that Hendricks didn't have that the other day, but uh, the, uh, the, the way that uh, they're pitching right now, I think it's as good as any staff in baseball. Bruce, thank you. We appreciate it very much. I apologize for Eli. We will talk to you next week. No, no apologizing for we we know what we get there. I, I <laughs> think I think we all do. Thank you, Bruce. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Take Bruce. care. Score baseball insider Bruce Levine. You hear him every Saturday morning on Inside the Clubhouse and every Sunday here on Hit and Run. Coming up next, we will visit uh, with former Cubs broadcaster, current Diamondbacks broadcaster, World Series winning manager Bob Brenly, right here. On Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Squib shot to short. Ahmed backhands. Tough throw. And they get him. Nick Ahmed has done it again. Mark is arguing with Joe West. Brian Snitker wants to have a look. Wow. Here comes Doug Eddings, the home plate umpire. Nick Ahmed, sensational. Marcakis is not going anywhere. It looks like Marcakis beat it out. I mean, great play by Nick, but yeah, wow. Well, from Joe West's angle, which was directly in front of Goldie, probably screened, and now they do change the call. So the plate umpire immediately comes over and tells the crew chief, look, this is what I have. No need for replay. <laughs> no need for replay. His fourth chin was in the way, oh, so Joe West could not possibly make the call. That highlight, courtesy of Fox Sports Arizona. I'm Barry Rosner. That's Joe Ostrowski. And right this now, this specifically made for Joe West. Let's go out to the score hotline where we're joined by former Cubs broadcaster Bob Brenly. He's also the World Series winning manager of the Diamondbacks and now the color commentator on their broadcast. Hey, BB, what's going on? I think Joe West had four chins when I was managing. I, I think he's worked his way up beyond four. <laughs> BB, he was terrible back when Don Zimmer was managing the Cubs. That's how long he's been terrible. Uh, I know well, you're a big. I know you're a big fan of umpires anyway, but he's got to be near the top of your list. Well, you know, I always actually got along pretty good with Joe. I don't think he ever ejected me, but. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Joe has some physical issues now. If you if you go to a ball game and watch him work second base, and there's a line drive hit to the gap, watch Joe West. Forget the baseball. Forget the runner. Watch Joe West try to get into some kind of a position to make a call. Unfortunately, uh, physically, he's at a point in his career where he probably shouldn't be running around the field anymore. <laughs> but uh you know, uh, they're like Supreme Court justices. Once they get in there, they're there for life. Would you call it running? Oh, no, 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 not at all. It's it, it's more of a shuffle. It looks painful. I'm sure Joe is in a lot of pain out there. Bad hips, bad knees, bad ankles. It's, uh, you know, it catches up with everybody at some point in your career. But when it keeps you from doing your job effectively, then I think uh, somebody needs to step in and, 
say, uh, you know, either get in shape and do your job or move along and do something else, uh, Country Joe. Well, I think you're wrong. I'm a big fan. I'm a big Joe West fan. I think he's great for the game. I think he grows the game. I think he's entertaining. Uh, and I'd much rather see him than, say, uh, you know, Adrian Beltre or Mike Trout or Javi Baez. I, that's where you're wrong, Bob. I believe you're wrong on that. Well, we'll just have to disagree on that one, Rob. <laughs> I know you're being facetious. But I, I've talked to you about Joe West before. Come on. I, I can't believe – listen, <laughs> I can't believe we're even still doing this. Honestly, I mean, like, I can't believe that baseball allows this to go on. Bob, but... the, the first hour last, of last week's show, <laughs> Rosner was screaming – about Joe West because he was yelling at Javi Baez on Friday night. No, well, you know, and and uh, believe it or not, Joe is one of the better ones, which speaks to the state of umpiring right now. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've got issues with it. I, I compare, you know, with the replay. Some people like it, some people don't like it. The automated strike zone, which will be a reality at some point in the near future. Some people like it, some people don't. It boggles my mind, this argument of the human element. We want to keep the human element in the game. And my attitude has always been the human element should not apply to judging the game. It should apply to the players. They're the human beings out there. And if we have the technology to never miss a ball strike call, to get the calls right on the bases, I haven't checked the stats lately, but over the last couple of years, they've missed 50% of the calls that have been challenged. So, it's obvious to me that something needs to be done, and it probably won't get done until it costs somebody a World Series. Oh. A Game 7, when a missed call loses the World Series for one team. And uh, at that point, uh, especially if it's a team that has a large fan base, and they start to make some noise, and people start to uh, complain to Major League Baseball, I think only then will we start to see some progress in uh, getting more of these calls right. That's very well said. Bob, tell us about the NL West and that three-team race, and obviously all three teams heavily involved in the Wild Cup as well. How do you handicap what's happening with those three teams? Does it make any sense to you with three weeks left? Well, it, it sure looks like all three teams don't want to win. Uh, I mean, I... <laughs> The Diamondbacks have had stretches this year where they look like they were the team to beat in all of baseball. Starting pitching has been fantastic. Uh, until recently, the bullpen had been really good. Until recently, the defense had been the best in the game. Uh, the offense has been hit or miss all season long. Uh, you know, Goldie's had some hot streaks. He's had some bad streaks. David Peralta, same thing. Uh, they just can't seem to get everything clicking in the right direction at the same time. And fortunately, Neither can the Rockies and the Dodgers. So, uh, I mean, I think this is going to go right down to the final weekend of the season. And uh, uh, Diamondbacks have head-to-head games left with the Dodgers and with the Rockies. Uh, Of course, we play the Cubs. We play the Astros. So the schedule uh, doesn't favor the Diamondbacks. But if they could, uh, you know, if they could get everything clicking at the same time here the last three weeks of the season, um, I think the Diamondbacks are certainly good enough to win the division, and if they do win the division, I think they're a threat to uh, to win the National League because of the starting pitching that they can run out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with about 20 games left, how do you think the entire National League stacks up? Is there a favorite, and you mentioned the Diamondbacks could win it or at least go to the World Series of the NL. How many teams do you think could do that? Well, um we're playing the Braves right now here in Phoenix, and uh, offensively, I, I like their ball club a lot. They've got speed, they've got power, they've got some youthful enthusiasm, they've got uh, some veteran presence in Freeman and Marcakis. 
Uh, I'm not so sure their pitching uh, is going to hold up until the end of the regular season. Their bullpen is operating on fumes, even with all the September call-ups. They've, they've been using four, five, six relievers every game. So I think maybe Atlanta's pitching might be a little frayed right now. I don't know if Philadelphia has enough to continue on in this race. I mean, you know, the Cubs have to be the team uh, to be the favorite in the National League just because, for me, they've been more consistent than any other team uh, in the league. So, you know, the Cubs are going to be uh, a team to be reckoned with. They're they're battle-tested. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. You know, whoever comes out of the West uh, is probably going to be beat to hell from this final month of the season just trying to get there. So, uh I think it's really a crapshoot in the National League this year. I don't think there is an obvious favorite, and uh, I think anybody that does get there, uh, you know, is going to have their hands full with whoever comes out of the American League. BB, everybody says, well, you know, watch out for the Dodgers. If they get in, if they get in, they're going to be dangerous because they've got so much ability. But I watch them all the time. I, I just, I'm not seeing the Dodgers team we've seen over the last couple of years. You see them more than I do. What do you think? Well, their rotation is not nearly as strong as it's been in the past. I mean, Clayton Kershaw has been one of the best in the game for a long time and uh, maybe starting to show some signs of age. His command hasn't been as fine as it uh, has been in the past. But, you know, he's such a great competitor. Uh, you, you get the feeling he'll figure it out. If it gets down to that in the last week of the season and on into the postseason, you get the feeling that Kershaw's had enough experience and uh, enough competitiveness that, that he'll figure it out. Uh, Ryu is kind of a wild card. We've seen him really good. We've seen him not so good. Walker Bueller is a guy that, uh, even though he got banged around a little bit in Colorado yesterday, uh, this kid's got some A-plus stuff, and he would have a chance to be a difference maker in the postseason. But, uh, yeah, the Dodgers just they, they just kind of misfire at the worst possible times. Uh, you know, Puig will throw a ball up in the press box trying to throw a guy out at second base or – uh, you know, Matt Kemp will come down with another hamstring injury or something will happen to to, to derail those guys. And uh, uh, if they are clicking on all cylinders, uh, you know, much like the Cubs, they're a battle-tested team. They've been there. They've done that. They've got a veteran-heavy roster. So, uh, you know, if their pitching can hold up, the Dodgers uh, could be a factor, but we'll see. This Harvard Hit and Run is brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Cats return to Ryan Field this Saturday when they host Akron at 6.30 season and single game tickets on sale at nusports.com. Uh, Bob, uh, we started off the show talking a little bit about Bryce Harper because of his home run late last night uh, to beat the Cubs and about what the offseason will be dominated by about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. You cover a team every day that paid a lot of money to to a guy that pitches about once a week. What do you think the best way to build a team is? In this day and age, would you be willing to hand out one of those mega contracts? Boy, I, you know, I, I don't mind the money, uh, you know, but the years. I mean, you, you're really seeing a, a perfect example of it down in Anaheim with Albert Pujols. Uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, tremendous player, has been for years and years and years signed that ginormous contract with the Anaheim Angels, and now physically he's starting to break down. Uh, the numbers haven't been quite what the Angels expected. They haven't been close to what the Angels expected. And they're still on the hook for, uh, what, another four or five years? at close to $30 million a year. The length of contracts I think you're going to see shorter and shorter with opt-outs for the players and incentive-based uh, uh, corners of the contract for the, uh, for the owners. 
uh, you know, the money is what it is. It's crazy, and, and, and real people can't quite get their minds around a guy making a million dollars a start for <laughs> Zach Greinke. Now, break that down. If he throws 100 pitches in the game, $10,000 a pitch. I mean, I, I wish I was still playing, and I wish I was a good pitcher. But, uh, you know, that's where we are in the game, and I don't mind paying that kind of money for front-line starting pitching. But uh, I think to answer your question, how do you build an organization? How do you build a winning team? I think the Cubs have, have been the blueprint. Uh, the Astros, uh, you draft wisely, you scout wisely, you develop wisely, and that's your core group of players. And then you go out and augment with free agent pitchers that fit in with your team, that fit in with the rest of the guys you have in the rotation. And uh, it seems to me like that's the blueprint for, for just about everybody moving forward. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. Bob, if you were playing today, you wouldn't get run over at the plate anymore because mm-hmm. they don't allow that. Uh, what do you think of the rule changes for catchers, and what do you think of the rule changes for uh, involving physical contact around second base? Well, I think it's improved the game. I really do. I mean, I enjoyed that. That That's part of the reason I was in the big leagues. I was Frank Robinson's wrecking ball. He used to put me in as a pinch runner for Milt May and tell me to break up a double play. And, you know, back in those days, you could just throw cross body blocks chest high on second baseman. And, man, I loved it. It was uh, it was great. And, and the other side of that coin was I knew people were going to be hunting me if there was a chance to bowl me over at home plate. And, and I liked the challenge. But, you know, the reality is baseball is not meant to be a physical game where tackling becomes an important uh, part of your game. So I, I think the game has improved. I think uh, catchers have had to learn how to take throws and, and give a lane and then take the lane away after you get the ball. I think runners, uh, as we've seen, especially with the Cubs and Javi Baez and, and other guys around the league, they've, they've learned how to slide again. Some guys have learned how to slide and avoid tags. And uh, I think it's made the game a, a little bit more fun than just uh, you know running around banging into people. What don't you like? for changes in in the game recently? Well, uh, you know, the analytics, and I don't want to sound like a get-off-my-lawn guy, but, uh, you know, some of this analytics stuff is is really crazy. I mean, it just makes no sense to me how it applies to a game today. The pitcher's got a great spin rate on his curveball, but how does that affect the hitter? Do you go in the box and say, boy, if he throws me one at 2,300 RPMs, I'm not going to swing at it, but if it's 2,400 RPMs, I'm going to try to take a hack? People don't think that way. Catchers don't go out to the mound and and tell a guy, hey, you know, your spin rate on your slider's down a little bit. You know, try to spin it a little Players don't think that way. It's all very good evaluation tools and ways to compare players. If you're signing a free agent and two guys are very equal in your eyes, maybe then you dig a little bit deeper into some of those analytics. And what I really like about it is they've invented a new language. Uh, our, our manager, Tor Lovello, I, I love him. He's been great with the team, and uh, and, and he's pushed uh, an underachieving bunch near the top of the National League West all season long. Uh, but Tory has some great terms. We went rolling into Cincinnati to Great American Ballpark. And you talk to players around baseball. What do you think of the ballpark in Cincinnati? They'll all say, it's a great place to hit. Not anymore. It's a favorable offensive environment. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, yeah, uh, Tory has a couple of other key. He likes to link at bats to build innings and play for moments. You know, it, it's all part of this millennial. Uh, let's find a different way to say things that maybe have a negative connotation, and let's spin it back to a positive connotation. And uh, you know, I, I get a big kick out of it. But uh, I, I think that's for me the big thing is the terminology. You know. Uh, Guys used to throw hard, but uh, you know, or hit the ball hard. Uh, Dave Parker hit the hardest line drives I ever saw. I have no idea what his exit velocity was, but my eyes tell me he hit the ball harder than anybody else I played against. So, you know, now that we do have ways to evaluate some of those things, we've come up with terminology to to rename some things in the game of baseball. And uh, you know, to be honest with you, I find it kind of comical at times, but. Uh, you know, it's just part of the change in baseball, part of the change in uh, in this, the, the society we live in, and uh, this is where we are now. Bob, before we let you go, uh, I want to talk about your extensive uh, managing tree, which involves the uh, the likes of Craig Council, Matt Williams, who was bad, by the way, and uh, and Bob Melvin, who's terrific. But Craig Council, did you know that he was going to be uh, as good at this as he has turned out to be? Well, I thought he would be if given the chance. You know, a lot of times a guy like Craig Council, who's not a, a star name player, who didn't have a Hall of Fame career, most of his career he didn't even have a regular job. He was a super utility kind of a guy. But uh, uh, being around him on a daily basis and listening to the questions that he used to ask, uh, uh, you knew that there was something more in the game for Craig council if he wanted to do it. And if somebody gave him a chance and I had no doubts, he was going to be really, really good at it. And, you know, you, you mentioned Mel, you mentioned Maddie Williams, uh, uh, Mike Aldretti still out there coaching. There's a number of guys that all of us came up under Roger Craig in San Francisco, who was just a, a tremendous motivator, a tremendous teacher, uh, one of the best managers I ever played for, I've ever been around, and and we all were affected uh, by playing for Roger Craig and learning under him. BB, thank you very much. Uh, look forward to some Cubs Diamondbacks games next week, but uh, in the meantime, we'll be watching the NL West. We appreciate your insight into that division. Always a pleasure, guys. And uh, tell Lenny and JD I said hey. Probably not. BB, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Bob Brenly, Diamondbacks broadcaster, World Series winning manager. What he's saying is is not unlike what I've heard from even members of the Cubs front office, just in a different way. It sounds like get off your lawn, but I mean, very, very important members of the Cubs front office have said to me similar things, and that's that the information we get is really valuable to us. It is not as valuable to a player who's actually mm-hmm. on the field and trying to execute a pitch or execute in and at bat. You can't overload guys with that much stuff, or they simply can't function. Uh, Barry, we've got Cubs pregame coming up at noon, but the Nationals tweeted this about 20 minutes ago. In light of the weather conditions, we are immediately permitting fans who purchase today's tickets to go through, um, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. Hang on one second. They tweeted two different things. Uh, we are expecting more inclement weather today. We are in communication with Major League Baseball and awaiting direction from the commissioner's office regarding today's game. Because the Cubs do not return to Nationals Park this season, all weather-related decisions are in the hands of Major League Baseball. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> there's, if they're the telling Cubs- you what we want to do, but it's not our decision. Yeah. 
You don't well, see that a lot. I, obviously, the weather's bad. I mean, look, they I don't think they've started the BMW yet in Philadelphia. I don't think they have any hope of playing the fourth round today. I don't know what that means for them. I hope they play a fourth round tomorrow. They might not. Uh, clearly, the weather out there is really bad. It has been for several days. Here's the problem. If the Cubs don't take care of business, and they need to take care of their own business yeah. so that this game won't matter, because if this game matters, you could have a White Sox 2008 scenario where you end up having – to play a makeup game on Monday, a game 163 on a Tuesday, and then perhaps somebody winds up in a wild card game on Wednesday. So Cubs just need to take care of their own business, and then today's washout, if there is one, isn't going to matter. Got to get to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up Hit and Run on the score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the score. Certainly is not a beautiful day for a game in Washington. But uh, how are we doing here, Joe? Looks nice out. Yeah. A little cloudy. Sun's out. It's not. The sun shining. I, I just see clouds. That's all I see. Look down the street. But there's no baseball here. So, is there? Who's playing today? Aren't the White, White Sox, Sox home? Yeah, I guess. White Sox are home. They didn't cancel the season after Friday. Yeah, it's kind of sad, huh? Yeah, it's it it lost all that buzz. Ooh. Real well, feel in Chicago, sixty three degrees. I don't even know what to say to you, Eli. Uh, you never have the the local temperatures when I want them. The forecast the today, I wanted D.C. and you gave me Chicago. So, I mean, I think that sums up uh, pretty much your entire producing career here on Hit and Run. Is what it feels like to me. Eli, do you have the White Sox minor league report? Yeah. So, keeping it short this week. Thank God. Uh, thank you, Joseph. <laughs> with Winston Salem and What's Kannapolis. Your middle name, Joe. Not happening. Yeah, Let's do it. What's your middle name? Give it to Eli. So you, 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 got, you. you got something to say. Earlier yes. you are like, leave me alone. Listen, now, now, that now was a got... rough first segment. Rough. And but for you or the listeners? Everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> you little. You're trashing the show? On the way out. It's the penultimate episode. Yeah, one more. Just wait till next week. A few surprises. Oh, man. I don't think I'm showing up next week. Call it sick. You gonna you gonna do a best of? You gonna put together a best of? <laughs> you couldn't you? possibly do that. I got something better actually planned for because last week. year you put together a best of and it was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> what is it? Is that about his production skills or about the show? I, I, I it could speak to both. Honestly, okay. it really could. I I not want to. Dur- it was so bad. Anyways. So you're going to try that again? Anyways. Back to the drawing board? Back to the minor league report. Now, can you answer Joseph, the question? Joseph, what's your, what's your middle name? People want to know. Are right, you going to try that again? Uh, no, I have, I have. like I said, I have another thing planned for next Sunday. I have an idea what it might be. I have an idea, too. Okay. All right, Eli, your minor league report. Thank you. And don't feel like you got to rush. We've got, uh, f- we've got approximately Please rush. four minutes and 50 seconds. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a White Sox minor league feature here, sticking with one player. Uh, I talked with Blake Rutherford a couple weeks ago, and he had some thoughts on uh, Nick Madrigal, who's hitting three hundred six, three fifty five, or was hitting three hundred six, three fifty five, three forty seven. No home runs, nine RBI, and a five to five K two K two walk ratio in Winston Salem in his short time there after playing in the College World Series in this year for Oregon State. And here's what Rutherford had to say about his teammate. 
I played with him for a while in youth ball. I've known him for a while. He's been one of my good friends. I was excited when he got drafted, and obviously he came here fast. And um, I mean, he's been able to hold his own. I mean, he's got great plate discipline, good barrel awareness, hits balls hard consistently. And I mean, defensively, it's it's just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I play in right field. I play behind him, and sometimes I, I get caught up to some of the plays he makes. Yesterday, he made a great play for middle with a jump throw. And I mean, you just never know what he's going to do. But I mean, it's just it's like a solid rock over at second base. You know, if a ball's hit his way, he's going to do his best to get to it. And I would say majority of the time, he's going to make the play. He's in like the top five of, or top three, even of the best players I've played with or against. Wow. High praise. What else you got, Eli? One more thing I'll do, and then you guys could take it away. Uh, Eloy Jimenez with a 242 ISO to wrap up the season and a 961 OPS overall. So not too shabby, uh, but apparently he's not good enough to get called up. Okay, who are you, Mad Dog? <laughs> take it away. <laughs> take it away, Bear. You know what? Now I'm just right, going to do it. We're at a TV news desk all of a sudden. <laughs> Now I'm just going to do a highlight reel. Back a best to you, of. Bob. I hate you, Back Joe. to you in the studio. <laughs> the show ending. Now you got your podcast going on here, the Yahoo Jeff Possum podcast. Let me hear some thoughts on that for a second. That's Go all ahead. I got. That's all I got now. I who. Show ending just as it. Now you got your podcast going on here, the Yahoo. He's playing that because he doesn't want us to make fun of him. We've done plenty of that. He's right. We, we've uh, we've done enough of that today. That's good. So, uh, a quickly uh, before we uh, get to some Cubs stuff to wrap up, Alex Bregman absolutely <sighs> on fire, and I mean he's got to be considered part of this ridiculous AL MVP race. Wow. While no one in the NL MVP race really had, has had a very good week or two, yeah. and it's kind of uh, just where it was a week or two or three ago. In fact, Arenado was benched yesterday. That's how bad he's been. Um, I, I, you know, you have to think that Baez is still at the top with two or three or four other guys. But in the American League got a double. There are tons of good candidates. You, you've got you've got Betts and JD Martinez splitting votes. Um, you, you've got a couple of Indians splitting votes. You've got uh, you've got Alex Bregman now with this phenomenal run that he's on, and no one, as usual, is talking about Mike Trout, who had two homers, five RBIs, and five hits last night against the White Sox, and is is on his way to another extraordinary season. How many American League players would win it if they were in the National League? Betts, yes. J.D. Martinez. Yes. Mike Trout, of yes. course. Uh, Bregman now, right? Yes. Both Indi- both Indians? Uh, I would say yes. I would say Lindor, yes. Lindor and Ramirez would both be right at right there near the top. Chapman. Does he beat out Javi? No. Mm. No, no, he does not. Mm. But nevertheless, really close. nevertheless, it's really close. Nevertheless, your point is well taken. Yeah. Uh, on Javi Baez, I just want to bring up the Alex Bregman thing because wow, I mean, what a week! Wow. And uh, they've taken it to the Red Sox. Have the Astros? A little reminder: uh, we're playing this year too. Just so you haven't forgotten. Um, the uh, Eli Joe owes you one more Northwestern. 
Is that true? Joe, you better hit that. Oh, third one. Uh, this hour of the Hit and Run Show is brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Cats. Return to Ryan Field this Saturday when they host Akron at 6.30. Season and single game tickets on sale at nusports.com. Javi Baez has gone back to crazy Javi Baez where he's just trying to hit 500-foot homers on everything. I've been saying that it's a couple really, weeks. It's really easy to get him out. Hard up and in and anything out of the zone away, soft and away. And until you, until you adjust to that, they're just going to keep doing the same thing. Yep. Why would you throw anything near the plate? Why would you? So he's going to have to get back to hitting the ball to right field. If he does, as I said two weeks ago, he will win the MVP. Not only for that, but uh, you're supposed to be in the playoffs in a few weeks too. Yeah. So you need, you need that guy right. And you're going to be facing ones and twos yep. and closers. Yep. So, and only the best ones. Right. Not the back right. end. So get used to it. Time for thank yous to our producer, Eli Hershkovich. Uh, a mediocre job today. Thanks to our guests, Maury Brown, Bob Brenly, and Bruce Levine. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. Most of all, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you spending some of your Sunday with us. Stay tuned now for the Cubs pregame show starring Zach Saban and featuring Joe Madden, Jim Hickey, Len Casper, and Ron Coomer. And then it's Cubs baseball with Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer right here on the radio home of the Chicago Cubs. Weather permitting, Mike Montgomery... And Eric Fetty, have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby! I carpool with McGowan to the ballpark in the morning. McGowan! Are you kidding me? Wow. Holy Moses! How about that for a sec? This Rosner guy. So long, everybody. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.